Welcome to Excel Boats on the X Podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. The only podcast to bring you insights on the world of hunting, fishing, and boating. With your host, J. Paul Jackson. You don't say much, do you? Now, load up and side in. This is On the X. Welcome to the Excel Boats on the X podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. I'm your host, Jay Paul Jackson, and today I'm also joined by a special guest, uh, Jake Marcus, coming to us from Mobile Bay in Mobile, Alabama, and of course, my co-host from the Excel Boat Studios there in West Jordan, Utah, Mr. Dave Reynolds. Good to have you guys on here. Dave, what's happening? Hey, great to join you. Man, just trying to get back in the working groove, you know, after a long three-day weekend. Hard to get back into the groove. Can't believe, you know, summer is here. I shouldn't be working. <laughs> <laughs> you ought to be fishing, which hopefully yeah. you didn't do any of that over the weekend. I didn't. You know, it was cloudy and cool all weekend in, in uh, Utah, which I was enjoying because it's going to be hot, dry, sunny you know, soon enough, and it's going to stay that way till duck season, till October, so uh, uh, no complaints, but no fishing, just yard <laughs> <Okay>. work. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we got Jake Marcus on here with us, and uh, of course, we've got, here I've got thunderstorms coming in, because we got a tropical depression coming up from his way in the Gulf, but I think Mobile was on the west side of it, and maybe missed the, missed it, what's it like down there, buddy? Well, we're in good shape. We uh, the storm missed us to the east, so we're we're dancing down here. The fishing's been so good, and um, we were just praying that it went the other way because you know a lot of rain gets in these river systems. But we still may not, we still may not be out of the woods. If you look at the storm, it's um, it's all up in the Mississippi Valley right now, just dumping. So we're gonna have some effects from it down the road. But right now, the fishing's good, and um, it should stay that way. Man, that's awesome. So what have you been catching lately? Well, you know, you were down here in November, I think, um, trout fishing with us. And um, we caught a lot of trout back then. And I, and I think most of those trout we caught were 16 to 20 inch fish. And, you know, right now we're catching speckled trout, you know, anywhere from 18 to 24 inches. They're all ranging from two and a half, four, five, six pound fish. So it's heyday right now for the trout. Um, you know, we're catching redfish as a, you know, basically as a byproduct. You know, if you trout fish enough, you're going to catch redfish. And, of course, flounder and triple tail are also on our, you know, hot list that we target. And, and those are really starting to pour in now. So it's been good. It's as good as it gets right now. You need to get down here. <laughs> Man, I am so ready to get down there. You know, Dave, you've seen a lot of the video. I know um, last year we took uh, My Bay Pro 203 down to the, down to the Gulf and, to the Mobile Bay area because we wanted to get into, uh, you know, get that boat out there in its normal element and try to get into the redfish or the speckled trout. And I talked to two or three buddies down there and they'd all tell me, you know, you need to go with Jake Marcus and Kevin Olmstead if you come down here and you want to get into the fish. And let me tell you, that second morning, what did we catch? Like 120 specks <laughs> between yeah. – between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m.? Yeah, that's uh, – you caught you caught it on a good day. Those, um, those fall trips can be fantastic. Those fish are all staging and they're migrating up into the river systems. And when they get on that bait in those areas, 
you can just work on them pretty hard and you you got to experience that and it was fun watching you catch those fish <laughs> uh, it was fun watching on video i'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well let me tell you i did a lot of watching too though dave yeah he's being very polite he out caught me like two to one easy <laughs> <laughs> well Jay Paul knows my love for artificial and I was I was throwing that storm little wild eye curly tail that thing is so deadly of course that's what I've been throwing the past couple of weeks down here and it's just been ridiculous I love that bait if you you know you guys probably crappie fish a lot up there and um, it's really the same principle you can't reel this bait slow enough and they just tap it you know just like that old crappie tap and uh, you set the hook and it's on and you know I had some guys in from Missouri this week and they are all big crappie fishermen. They had zero problems. They just, they destroyed them three or four days in a row. Those crappie hit pretty light too. So it takes a yeah. special knack for feeling a hit. You know, a lot of times you're thinking you're hitting weeds or something. And it's crappie yeah. fishermen are pretty in tune with that. No doubt. Well, uh, you know, Jay Paul came down to trout fish and he, it didn't take him long to figure out my, my second love of my life is, is triple tail, which you know, you talk about crappie, everybody compares them to a crappie, but they get up to 25 and 30 pounds. So you can that's imagine. That's a big crappie. Yeah, that's a big, big one. <laughs> if you've ever seen a picture of one, kind of reminds you of a crappie, but uh, we're going to get him down here this summer and he's going to get to experience that. And uh, I think he, uh, I think he may get hooked on that as well. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, I tell you, I can't wait to try the triple tail. You know, we, we hit the, the specs really hard and, um, I, I was catching them mainly on shrimp. I like using the live bait, and I love the action of using one of those Fairhope floats. Uh, for those of you listening out there, if you go down there and you, if you ever fish in any of the brackish water down, uh, I mean, anywhere on the coast from Louisiana, Texas, all the way over east toward uh, Alabama and Florida, there's a company out of Fairhope, Alabama that makes a float called Fairhope Floats, and it is a popper float now i've seen variations on this in louisiana but i've never seen another model that i like the action and the sound of as well and man when you work that fair hope float and really pop it right you'll see fish boil around it that a lot of times telegraphing that it's fixing to disappear and you're fixing to get the hit and uh it's pretty cool because those fish they do they hit really light like crappie you nailed it on the head dave um, if you've ever, you know, fished any kind of casting jig for crappie, that when they hit it, it's a real subtle hit. But then when they lock on, it's pretty cool. And the specs are the same way. Oh yeah, yeah. That um, that rattle that you're speaking of, the the reason I really like it is because when you have some wave action, you're still getting action out of the cork because it's got the rattles and it makes noise as it goes up and down the waves. And of course. That's the attraction feature for that particular rattle. And I um, actually got a, a family here that lives uh, down on Weeks Bay, the Busons. Their, their children started that little company. And, you know, they're just, they're great people. They're great fishermen. They're, they're old Fairhope people. And they're great entrepreneurs. And so um, I think it's a, a great deal they've got going down here. And uh, we're going to support them and because the product works mainly, you know. Um, so anyway. Yeah, so well, how me, long, uh, sorry, Jay, but how long, Jake, do you think this fishing, uh, the hot fishing is going to continue? Is that it's as good as it gets right now? It'll, it'll stay hot until Jake picks up his bow in October. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, I'm going to tell you, and I tell people this 
all the time, and you know, I will I will toe to toe with anybody that wants to argue this. At Mobile Bay, only plays second fiddle to Venice, Louisiana. I'm just telling you that right here. You heard it right here. We have got a fantastic fishery here for not only the Mobile Delta, where you've got all the freshwater species, we've got all the saltwater species in the bay, like your right your trout, redfish, flounder, triple tail. Then we've got the most extensive artificial reef program in the country for red snapper, triggerfish, grouper, amberjack, all the offshore species. And then you've got, you know, all the oil rig platforms and you've got all the blue water. So, you know, when you start hearing about Venice and how great they are, that's really the same type of, you know, environment that, that we have here in terms of, you know, the range at which you can catch these fish. You can catch a bass and then in two hours run out and be catching a billfish. So it's a fantastic fishery, it's healthy. The, the conservation programs that we have around here do a fantastic job of managing that. They recognize limits, you know, the size slots, what needs to be done. The bay is as healthy as it's been in a while in terms of the shrimp populations, all the bait fish, the menhaden. And I mean, I just, I feel so privileged to live here and be able to experience that in the summers and, and, and you know, really throughout the year. Hey, speaking of, uh, Healthy, Jake. Would you say the fishery is better now uh, than before the BRP oil spill? Sounds like it's really come back strong. I'm just curious if it. You know. Is. Well, I'll tell you this: the flounder have really suffered, and I think you know. And of course, I have no data to back this up, but you can talk to the fishermen around here, and they'll tell you that the flounder fishing just has never been the same since the oil spill. And of course. You know, if you talk about bottom-dwelling species such as crabs, shrimp, stingrays, eels, all the things that inhabit the bottom, you know, I really hadn't seen any ill effects of those in particular, but just the flounder. Now, we still catch flounder, don't get me wrong, but there are a lot of people that before just felt like they could go catch a box of fish better then than they can now, and that they just haven't had those opportunities since the oil spill. I can't wholeheartedly disagree with them. You know, it hasn't been the same. Now, can I go catch flounder this week? Yeah, I can go catch them. I know where to catch them, but, you know, it isn't like it used to be. But in terms of trout, redfish, triple tail, fantastic. Couldn't be better. Well, and the shrimp. I mean, you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of the shrimping industry was really, really hurt by, you know, the, the buzz created by that BP spill. But as far as I can tell, and it looks like you're pretty much confirming that too. I mean, the shrimp population is as good as it's ever been, which is also feeding all of those uh, other species. What do you think about that? Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, you know, I was as depressed as anybody when it all happened. And of course, you know, when you have a, a, a period of time where you can't fish, you know, fishing was shut down here for six or eight months, I guess, at some point. And um, so, you know, from a pelagic type of fish standpoint, you know, you weren't able to go take those fish. So that's almost like, you know, all you guys at deer and turkey hunt or whatever, elk hunt, that's like giving your entire herd the year off, not taking any animals. And so, of course, it's going to result in a healthier, you know, more uh, plentiful herd the next year. That was kind of what happened with those type fish. but. But yeah, I mean, I do agree with that, Jay Paul, in a sense. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm just a, a huge, huge, like, conservative guy in terms of, like, the Bay. I just, 
you know, there's a lot of environmental issues going on right now with, with the Bay and all these municipalities around with the sewer systems and this and that, and the things that they need to do to really clean up the Bay. And um, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm supporting those organizations that are behind that, you know, that idea and those values. So. Wow. Well, I know it was gorgeous when we were down there last fall. Have you ever been down around Mobile Bay, Dave? I have not. No, I fished uh, Louisiana, but I haven't been to Mobile Bay. Well, let me tell you, what he was saying is dead on target. I mean, I have fished. I, w I was in Lafitte with the New Bay Pro 230 just three or four weeks ago. And um, I can tell you, it, Mobile Bay is as good as it gets from, from you know, Apalachicola all the way over to Beaumont. Uh, if I had to pick... I don't know that I wouldn't take Mobile over Venice just because it's easy to get to and because of the tourism and it's close to Orange Beach. I mean, in Destin, you know, you can do, uh, like you said, there's a Mobile big game fishing club down there that this past weekend over Memorial Day and again this year on Labor Day, they'll be doing a, bill, a, a big game fishing tournament, a, a billfish tournament. I love the versatility that Mobile Bay and that area offers, Jake. And I do think you're living in a little heaven there. <laughs> There's no doubt. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know, speaking of uh, your trip down here, that Bay 203 that you brought down, you know, it wasn't really that calm that, you know, that those few days we fished. And I'll tell you, that boat just cut through that Bay water like, like I've never seen. And, you know, the features on that boat, hell, we fished had you and Kevin, myself at times, we had the two cameramen in there, there's plenty of room. Um, heck man, that's, that's a great, that's a great boat. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. It really oh, was, yeah. We had both of the big, the Jakes in there at one time, Dave, along with yeah. Jake Mark. We oh, had three man. Jakes and me and Kevin. That's a full load. Yeah, one of our yeah. largest dealers in the country is in Stapleton there in Mobile. And, uh, they sell a lot of Bay Pros. I imagine, Jake, you're probably seeing more and more of them on the water. You got to be with the volume this dealer's selling these boats. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no doubt. It's a it's a real popular boat down here. And uh, one of my closest friends actually had the 22. He got it in the old Marsh camo, the motor, the whole rig. I mean, it was fantastic. And uh, we fished out of that for a couple of years, and he upgraded to another one. Uh, you know most recently so he he sold it to a guy over in mobile but i still see the boat around but uh man those those are great boats i love the whole setup i love the whole idea i just i love the way they're they're rigged out and they're fantastic for what we do you know down here no doubt i mean that boat fit in perfectly and you know we used while we were down there we had the uh the front live well which is perfect for keeping that console live well for keeping your shrimp and your live bait in and then the main live well there in the back of the boat. It really was comfortable and uh, worked out good for us down there. And, and two, we were changing, you know, you were fishing a lot of the artificials between baits, having all those extra rod holders where you could just stick one away and grab the other one there on the console and off of the backrest for the leaning post was, that was the first time I'd ever used it where I went, wow. This feature is so unbelievably practical. Oh yeah, well if you if you've ever fished with me, you know how many rods I like to take. <laughs> I don't I don't like to stop and tie on another lure. So uh, 
it's always become an inside joke between me and a couple of my other buddies that I, I fish with about, you know, Hey, how many rods can I bring? You know, if I'm coming fishing with you tomorrow. So it's uh, we have a lot of fun with that. But uh, now those boats are, are, you know, I really hadn't experienced a lot with those boats until my friend Clark bought that one. And just, you know, out of the blue, I, I you know, I, I crossed paths with this guy, J Paul Jackson, who, who has got such an interest in these boats. And then all of this starts happening at once. And uh, I tell you what, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the boat. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we do yeah. really appreciate that. I, I've had a bunch of people tell me that you've shared info about the boats and the videos. I know the guys at L&M Marine there, our dealer, appreciate it. And, and uh, we had fun. I, I'm very anxious to come back down there and, and bring that our new 230 down there on the bay because it is rides even better and you know dave he was talking about the 203 and i want to switch back to fishing in a minute but i gotta tell you a quick little story so he'd never been in an aluminum bay boat of that size out there other than his buddies really and, and on the bay and in the main traffic and running as long as we did and a storm started blowing up so uh, getting a little nervous huh jake well I've, I've grown up down here in this. I wasn't really yeah. nervous about the yeah. storm. I'm just going to throw was at the J Paul was at the helm. I'd be nervous. <laughs> that, 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 there could be some truth to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're going along and we've got a, uh, his buddy, Kevin Olmstead, who, who uses some off brand glass bay boat. We won't even talk about that's big and heavy and creates this gigantic wake. And, uh, we're running into the wind. And we're wanting to get in a hurry to make sure we get out of this. So finally, I'm sick of following him. I just let the hammer down. <laughs> and and the glass boat's going. How, how big a wake was that? That's a heavy boat. It, it's, it throws a big, big wake, especially when he's digging like that. But, yo, no, I remember the story. You can go ahead with your story because yeah, I so remember it. This, <laughs> is, this thing is rolling up, and we're going into the wind, which makes the wake twice the size it normally. It was probably throwing up a three, three and a half, maybe a four-foot roller. I mean, it had a wake like a barge. And I said, screw this. Yeah. I'm still falling. I threw the <laughs> hammer down, and we went flying around him, and we went over that wake. And and I saw Jake, the panic in his face, and he dropped down and he grabbed hold of that grab bar there on the console and and uh, grabbed hold of the backrest there on the leaning post. Just a natural reaction, right? Oh, just a natural <laughs> Natural reaction. reflex, yeah. There you go. And, and then, you know, when we got, and we weren't getting in the calm water, we were running in the wind, we were running to white caps, but like nothing happened. It was like anticlimactic. <laughs> you know, and he relaxed and he looked up at me and he said, what just happened? I said, we just went through that wake and I'm pretty sure we caught some pretty good air. And later the camera guys who were in the other boat, unfortunately they weren't running camera. No, they were like, man, oh, you, you could hear the boat over rev where the, when the prop actually came out of the water. But the moral of the story was Jake looked at me like it was anticlimactic because he was expecting this, you know, big jolt in this bumpy ride and man it was just just like going through the regular chop nothing to it wasn't it it, it really was i'm telling you i i after that trip it, it just really you know changed the way i thought about those boats I'm just, I'm just being completely honest with you i was so impressed with how that boat handled the bay now you know i've lived down here my whole life and you know we fish a lot down south so sometimes we're 25 miles from where we're you know where we launch and 
you come back on those southeast winds, you know, that crosswind, and it's rough on a boat. And uh, that boat handled it, I mean, really, really well. Well, you know, at Excel, we strive very, very, very hard to make our boats anti-climatic. <laughs> <laughs> we like anti-climatic around here. Man, I like to drive that son of a gun like I stole it, let me tell you. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> well, that new 230 will take on some really rough stuff. You'll be able to go out to the rigs with that and back, no problem. It's oh, wow. designed to take on a much bigger boat, 102-inch beam, a little more of a dead rise. Um, of course, it'll take a larger motor up to a 250, and mm -hmm. that'll that'll take on some big water. That's awesome. I can't wait to I can't wait to see it. Well, let me tell you, I can't wait to get into one with a 250. I, the one that I took to Louisiana was a demo model, and we've actually already sold it. I think it's already it was the first one delivered uh, the other day. But that boat. Uh, I had a 200 on it. It's built on the same hull with the uh, same 14 degree hull with lifting strakes, uh, 23 foot, 102 inch beam that the Stormcat 230 is. But it doesn't have that big walk through windshield and some of the other things that make the Stormcat probably a little bit heavier. Dave, how much weight difference would you think there is between the Stormcat 230 and the Bay Pro 230? Mm. Say probably about eight eight hundred pounds or so. Wow, there's, there's quite a difference. Yeah, with that big walkthrough windshield and the consoles. Yeah, so um, yeah, quite a bit more difference. Man, I got to put those on the scales. See, but, so anyway, uh, mm -hmm. good, no, go ahead. Yeah, you know, go ahead. No, our dealer in uh, Jake, our dealer in um, Stapleton L and M has one of the first two thirties on order. He's got five on order. And he'll be receiving uh, probably the first load of those boats um, well, next month in June. Yep, mid to late June. Hey, if we can get them there before June the 17th, uh, me and Jake could fish out of one of them, test for them if those guys would like. I can get them some publicity, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, that could be a good goal. Yeah, I need to call those guys and talk about because I really, our friends at LMN, that, that is LM, that is one of the best dealerships that we've got around. And, I tell you, I was so impressed when I was down there last November looking, but that Stormcat 230 with the 250 Suzuki SS, I was able to get 57, 58 miles an hour out of it. I would be willing to bet with a 250, I can take that Bay Pro 230 up, mid, up low to mid 60, 62, 63 at a minimum. Wouldn't you think, Dave? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 60 plus. Yep. Yep. Mid 60s um, shouldn't be a problem. Faster than you need to go, for sure. <laughs> That's for sure, but I like the performance of them. And, uh, well, all right, so let's switch to fishing for a second here before we let you go. I know your boys have all-star practices this afternoon, Jake, but uh, right now you've been sending me pictures of specs, uh, catching them like crazy. I know you've been catching them on those storm artificial baits. Do you ever – do you ever – have guys that fish lighter tackle like a lighter ultralight spinning rig with um, other crappie tackle like say a big road runner or something like that and will it work uh i mean i'm sure you could probably get a rise out of some of these fish you know especially when they're feeding like they are but you know basically the pattern that we've been on lately these fish are, are following the shrimp run we get a 
a lot of shrimp migration coming out of Weeks Bay, which you know where Weeks Bay is, where our place is down there. And these big schools, these big clouds of shrimp are pushing up, you know, the east side of the bay. And you got birds on them. You got slicks forming everywhere. You know, the slicks are from the regurgitation of the oils from all the, you know, the bait that they're eating. And, and basically what we're doing is finding these schools of, you know, these shrimp and these, these schools of mullet and these trout and redfish are just basically following them right along. So it's, it's not very difficult. You know, a lot of people, you know, oh, Jake, how are you doing this? How do you always, you know, it's not, you know, it's not that difficult right now. You know, when it gets hot and the fish go deep, you know, it gets a little more difficult. You get a little more, you know, you don't see as many more, you know, people catching fish, but, um, but the fish, when they're on these patterns, you know, they're not difficult to catch. They're difficult to find. And so you always hear that about speckled trout. You know, they're never hard to catch. They're just hard to find. But, but right now they're just plentiful. And, and I'm sure they would hit anything. Although, you know, we've stuck to, you know, I like that swim bait that I've talked so much about, the storm wild eye curly tail. I like the, the bomber, you know, they make that Zara Spook Jr. and the bone colored. I love that. Of course, I still haven't figured out whether they like the size the color or just the sound or the action. It's just so weird. They just, they'll hit just about any color, but um, we use the Rapala, you know, the, the little stick baits, kind of the jerk baits. And, um, and really, you know, there's a few mirror lures I like that are suspending tights, but uh, you know, later in the year, you know, boys are out of school now. We'll, we'll go to bait. We'll start fishing shrimp. We'll start fishing pogies. You know, when we fish tournaments, we'll fish big croakers, um, you know, so, we kind of have to adapt that, you know, really to the conditions and, and the way things happen around here, the way the fish move from south to north. Or, you know, if we're fishing a tournament, we're fishing for one fish, you know, so we may not catch but two or three fish in a day. So, um, but anyway, when you get down here, we'll make sure that we catch plenty of fish. How about that? <laughs> I'm all about that. And uh, Dave, have you caught specks and reds? Down there in Louisiana? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's a, it's a blast. What about? They're fun, about, to, fun to catch and, and uh, great to eat, too. Oh, no doubt. Man, some of the yeah. best eating fish. What about triple tail? You know, triple tail, like I told you, is the second love of my life. <laughs> it's a, they're, they're a pelagic type fish that, you know, you always hear people talk about their structure oriented. Um, a lot of people, you know, you'll hear them say they like the shade of the structure. That's not particularly true. They like the structure because of what it attracts, the bait. You see them on crab traps, you know, markers, buoys, you know, even oil rigs, you know, floating debris. It just depends on, you know, really uh, the time of the year or kind of what zip code I'm in in terms of the bay. You know, when I say zip code, I'm talking about different areas of the bay. But um, we target these fish in June and July um several different ways we we fish a lot of tide lines we we search the bay for floating debris and we fish you know structure that's permanent in the bay and you know the fish that you can see obviously are the easiest ones to catch but it's the ones you can't see are clearly the ones that are harder to catch and we have to you know adapt our tackle to that uh to that type of fishing and when i say that you know, when a fish is on structure, you've got to go heavier. You get a fish out in open water, you can catch him on six pound test. He's got nothing to wrap you up in, but these, these bigger fish that are on structure will take you back in. So you've got to beef up your gear. Um, you got to go bobber stopper, which means you got to fish kind of suspending fish. You know, you can change the depths of the lure. 
uh, the bait. And, um, but that's pretty much how we fish for them. So uh, I'm excited to get you down here um, to experience that. I know you haven't really had a chance to do that much. And it's something that we love to do that we know how to do and, and that we're going to, you know, have them scouted out pretty good for you and dialed in. So get you on a few of them and see what you think. Man, I can't wait. I'm really, really excited. You know, that second part of June, I'm going to be coming down there. Uh, may try to get down there on a weekend a little bit earlier. I know you got the boys playing all-star. Dave, you you hadn't got a trip planned this summer this way where you could join me in a I don't in know. going down I don't know. to Mobile Bay. Maybe a, a visit might be in order. You know, I haven't seen that new dealer yet either. So might have to work on that. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm not exaggerating, Dave. I'm being serious as a heart attack. You need to make a business trip to see the folks at L&M Marine. And uh, I think I need to come down there too. You and I need to do a Facebook Live from L&M Marine. Uh, and then, of course, you know, while you're here, we got to take some of the product out on the water. Oh, sure. The product testing, the new, two, new 230. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Give me the dates, baby. And we're going All down. Right. I know where All it right. takes. Let me work on that. All right, well, let, so, okay, you know, a lot of times during the duck season when we have duck hunters on here, Jake, we uh, ask them a, a parting shot question about what snack we'll find in their blind bag. But the same goes for fishermen. And I've spent a couple of days on the water with you, but tell me, when you're out there and you're going to be out there most of the day and I want to slip over to your little cooler and, and get something good to eat out of it, what am I going to find in there? What's your go-to? Well, right now, unfortunately, my wife's making me do this whole 30, but I will not be on the whole 30 when you come. So <laughs> when, when you're here, uh, I'm a big fruit guy, man. I'm going to have uh, apples. I'm going to have grapes. Cuties. They were cuties last have, time. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good, too. And then, of course, my go-to Quest bar. That, that usually holds me over when I'm fishing. I don't have a lot of time to eat, man, so – you know, we got, we got a chunk in wine, baby. Sounds like it's fast <laughs> and furious. No time for eating it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, when y'all were... were here, um, we may do a little wade fishing, you know, get that boat down into those shallows and hop out and do a little wade fishing. Um, it's the best, it's a great time of year to do it mid June and the trout are on the top water pattern and, you know, grab your stringer, grab your hard box, jump in the water and, you know, and, and wait, you know, three or 400 yards out, come back, take it down to another spot. And that's one of my favorite things to do down here. So, man, well, I'm excited. I absolutely can't wait. It's going to be a good time. And I tell you, you know, we've been talking a lot about catfishing, a little bit about duck hunting lately. Really good to, to cross over into somebody that does a little bit of that brackish and that salt stuff. And I want to have you back on here again with us. Uh, one day and ne next time we're on I want to talk recipes a little bit we'll maybe do a little cooking while we're down there too but uh, I know you've got the boys headed to baseball right now so we'll let you head out and uh, All right, Dave, Dave man I'll tell you what a minute you need to schedule a trip down here in the next few weeks I will pick you up anywhere you want me to or I'll just meet right. you at Mobile well, sounds like time is right. Fishing is good. Doesn't get better than it does now. So I'll see if I can make that happen. See what you can make happen, yeah. buddy. All right, All brother. Right. Well, thanks, thanks for being Jake on here. Paul. Hey, Jake Marcus. Hey, thank you, Jake. To have you as our guest today. And for everybody out there listening, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us once again today for this edition 
of the Excel Boats on the X Podcast, powered by Mudbutton.